Are you considering a shift from integrated medicine to concierge medicine? Tune in to this episode to explore the benefits and challenges of this cash pay model with industry experts and real-life practitioners. Healthcare entrepreneurs, are you ready to rewrite the rules for your business so you can have more time off? A great team and more income while creating a positive social impact. Then you are in the right place. Welcome to the Provider's Edge. I'm your host Sabrina Rombak. I'm a provider, an international peak performance keynote speaker, and a best-selling author. Let's open the gateway to profitability for you today. My guests and I help healthcare entrepreneurs and startup founders like you breathe through barriers, so you can control your business, control your life, and control your future. This is your defining moment to be a disruptor in healthcare. This episode is sponsored by Sabrina Rombach LLC. Yes, I am here to make sure all the materials, productions, everything is served in your best interest. So I love to hear what topics you guys like us to continue to cover. Send me a message at sabrinarombach.com/connect. And something also exciting building up in the pipeline. And would love to make that announcement next month during our monthly healthcare disruptor think tank. Those people who are already executives, founders, innovators who have something amazing to share, and asking help from the rest of us who help you to strategize and accelerate your social mission in the healthcare space. Come in, join us on March 11th. Go to Sabrina. Rumbag.com/community to get your spot. Now you know this community has been curated by personal invitation. And once you have joining in, feel free to bring other friends because now we trust the quality of people you're bringing together. This is how we can collaborate to accelerate. Thank you, guys, for joining us for another amazing episode. And today we have Dr. K with us, who is an emergency medicine physician who has created a new way of how we dealing with our illnesses and heal from that. And he has been able to combine functional medicine from the traditional way of how we perceive Western medicine to eat meat, the Eastern medicine, and really trying and has already helping thousands of patients able to achieve their best health、uh, through this combination of modern healthcare. So I'm so excited for Dr. K to be with us today. Hi, Dr. K. Hi, Sabrina. Thanks for this opportunity to speak to your audience. Yes, we are a group of practice owners, leaders, executive in healthcare who really wanted to learn from each other to best serve our patients at the same time, be able to grow from each other's knowledge. So I wanted to just start with what brought you? What's the passion initially brought you into the healthcare space? Yeah, my、uh, father was a doctor, and when I was a kid, I saw what he was doing, and I was really drawn to the to the work. You know, like、uh, like serving people and getting them to heal, and seeing them recover from illness. So that's why I was drawn to medicine. 
And then I had a background in alternative stuff, you know, like I was into energy healing and then I did a yoga certification course while I was in medical school. So I was also learning the alternative sciences as well while I was in medicine. Yeah, that's so neat. I believe we all have different ways of healing from our culture background, from just how we grew up. Some people heard about yoga, some people heard about meditation or even herbal treatment, but some people think, oh, it's just a way that people do physical fitness <laughs> per se. So it, yeah. definitely there's a lot of different school of thoughts. And at what point when you're practicing the traditional way of emergency medicine, then you feel like, hey, from your background, there's so much uniqueness into caring a patient and you start to building this additional work uh, to treat your patient. So I noticed that, you know, we wait until the sickness manifests in traditional medicine, as you know, uh, we wait until they have a heart attack, we wait until they have cancer. I was really drawn to preventive medicine because, you know, there's so much you can do in terms of lifestyle, in terms of uh, healthy way of living, in terms of mindfulness and all of that. Obviously, we cannot guarantee stuff in medicine that, you know, this is going to prevent it. But, but all of those practices will either uh, delay the onset of the illness or, you know, minimize the probability of it happening. And I wanted to offer this knowledge to people and to guide them in a healthy way of living where you know, they're investing their time and effort in uh, in prevention rather than in actual treatment of the problems and manifests. Right. And definitely medicine, uh, our healthcare system in itself has been, we see the patient, whoever comes to our door, and we either make a decision, is it urgent? Is it something chronic? Is it something we need to refer to surgery? And then after that, what do we do next? And it seems like we always put the uh, responsibility, accountability back to the patient to say, hey, these are the options. Make sure you follow up. Make sure you do this and that. But it's very much, we all have complicated lives and we're all busy in a different way. So to think about preventative way, it definitely take another level of patient engagement and make them feel more supportive, give them those access that we're not really thinking about in the first place. Preventative medicine means stopping people from getting sick before they get sick. It's like trying to prevent a fire before it happens. Preventative medicine is really good at keeping people healthy. It helps stop major diseases such as heart condition and cancer from happening. It also helps stop small illnesses like cough and cold. Preventative medicine saves money as well. It can stop people from having to go to the emergency room or being hospitalized, which can be very costly, both for the patients and the hospital system. It also makes people's lives better by helping them feel good, look good, and function in their optimum state. And how busy are you? I, I know that this since you're being able to help so many people on the daily basis, how many patients are you able to see from this particular practice versus do you still practice in uh, emergency medicine at the same time? Yeah, I do the, I still do traditional medicine and you know, I have hospital privileges and, you know, um, I, on the corporate side, I work for Baycare, which is one of the bigger healthcare systems here in Tampa, Florida. Um, I, I still do that. You know, I, I want those skills with me and I want to keep practicing traditional medicine using pharmaceuticals. 
obviously, you know, there is a role for surgery when it's needed. I continue to do that. During the daytime, I, I have clinic hours and there I practice the integrative medicine. It's very intimate. So we limit the number of patients we see in the office. I sometimes see three to four, sometimes, you know, at the most, we'll see seven patients in a day, not more than that. Right. So do you feel like now that you have the integrative uh, medicine part, you're really trying to uh, expand the amount of time that you're spending with the patient? Yeah. So the my initial consultation is one hour long, and I tend to uh, tend to speak, speak to the patient for the whole hour, and I do the documentation later. You know, in traditional medicine, as you know, we spend only a few minutes with the patient and then spend like probably one hour or one and a half hour doing the documentation and other paperwork. Uh, this is the opposite of that. And patients love that, you know. Right, exactly. That's just, uh, we're getting to not going beyond the rapport. We, we're we able to actually have a conversation, figure out uh, their social issues and perhaps all the different things that they have tried already to offer them those alternative and additional options that uh, really no one perhaps even brought to their attention in the first place. And uh, definitely running a practice versus going to a traditional ER where hospital system is very different. And you wearing different hats from being as someone, a leader, right? Having a team and then engaging with patients and then going beyond that is marketing, organizational skills. So definitely it's very difficult to do it on your own. So do you have a team that help you to work on your internal yeah, medicine? Uh... Yeah, we have a, a manager and a secretary in the managing the front desk, and I have an acupuncture doctor and myself on the staff as well. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and it's about team based, right? No matter what, like yes, we're so used to even in the hospital have a team, but that mental capacity is very different from the managers and the admin background versus people who are there just taking care of patients and don't even have to think about business structure. So what was the moment that you feel like, hey, business side of building your own practice was something that you had a deep passion in? So I, you know, I got into the venture because there are very limited number of clinics that offer this, even in Florida. So I wanted to create my own model. And I felt that this was the best model of care that can be delivered to the patients, uh, especially with what I offer, you know, like uh, the energy healing, the yoga, meditation and all of that. So that's the reason why I ventured into the business aspect. And uh, it, it's much harder than being in corporate. And being in corporate, you go to your shift, you know, you check in, do your stuff, you go home. Uh, you do have some leadership stuff to do, but the finance side of it, you know, you don't, you don't deal with it, you don't deal with marketing. But there's still some sales, you know, even though you're in corporate, you know, we, we still sell the surgery to the patient. You know, that's the sale. All it doesn't look like a sale, we just tell them to do it. So... I think I think it's a different world. The business world is, I, at times, I feel it's much harder than being in corporate. Right. And that's true. Also, we're never really taught in grad school about business side of medicine. It's always research-based, decision-making, finding out what's wrong, and then what's the best next step and rule out uh, the zebras and the, all the other things that we're really worried about for our patient, yeah. but not so much uh, when we're leading a team it's beyond just the clinical side of the leading the team. Now it's become what are the other intricate 
of uh, things that we really have to consider so patient can continue to come back to the office. And if we wanted to be able to see more patient, create more impact, what is that next step? Whether it's uh, taking care of your existing patients better, engage with them more versus uh, doing the marketing strategies for connecting with the newer patient. So how do you find the balance in that? Yeah, it's, it's very hard. You know, like, for example, like all of our patients in uh, in the integrative practice, you know, we reach out to them via text, via phone, via email. It's much different than my patients in traditional medicine. You know, you never talk to them after they're gone from the clinic or the hospital setting. But here we communicate with them all the time. And if you don't hear from them, we go ahead and reach out to them. Because sometimes the patients forget that they have to do stuff or they have to come back and see the doctor. And, and sometimes they forget about like what we discussed six months ago. So it's it's about constantly reaching out, constantly communicating. I think I think the biggest thing I learned in business is, is all about communication. And, and every day I continue to improve about that on that. And it's communicating with the staff, communicating with the patients and how better to do that. Patients love text message for some reason. Yeah, and especially, uh, I'm not sure, what's the population you're dealing with? Is that seems to be elderly or like middle-aged? Mostly middle-aged. You know, we have a few elderly patients, but mostly middle-aged, you know, anywhere from 35 to the 50s and 60s. Exactly. And I think that's why uh, the middle age group, right, the 30s to 50s, and they're still pretty active. And uh, we grew up with the technology part. And we just uh, got so much usually emails in the inbox, it gets overwhelmed, or the business emails usually go to the spam. So people tend to actually see then text messages and, oh, there's alert. I actually need to do something for my care. And so definitely uh, one of the directions, uh, even from the Medicare and Medicaid side, right, value-based medicine practices, I think our healthcare systems start to shift in that direction. How do we take care of people as a whole. And the incentive, especially people with chronic diseases, I'm sure you deal with a lot of those people bouncing around trying to find different solutions, how to really get to the care. And then with uh, the new incentive, those messaging, these care coordination used to not able to be built. And then people don't really know how to take care of the patient and bring them back. A uh, huge thing on communication, what do you say? It's not as even important on how you say it, how you engage with them in the right moment of their lifespan or even just the week, right? Like sometimes people just get caught up with stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's I think it has to do crucial. with it has to do with the instant gratification because you know they don't want to send an email or a message and wait for the doctor to respond for one to two days or one week. Uh, they want the response within like minutes to hours. I think that's where that's where we're all going. They want a constant conversation, even after they're done with the visit. And that's where, you know, you, you probably have speakers about concierge medicine. You know, we're going into concierge medicine as well. There are some clients, you know, they, they really are so busy. They don't want to come to the office, but they want their medications to be refilled. They, they want the stuff done on a regular basis without being seen. And they're willing to pay for their service. 
Exactly. And that's the type of patient that we especially needed to keep a continued flow of communication. Because as you mentioned, the instant gratification from our patients, if they have to wait for a few weeks to see you, they probably move on to another provider already. And we can leverage the new healthcare digital health, telemedicine, uh, continue monitoring to have both the resource and show people, this is what you've been doing at home. We can give you a monitor if you want to, or the ones who has chronic disease, we should definitely see you. So now it's not, we're seeing patient as that framework of just a snapshot of what they are doing today. And we know most people don't even remember to write down all their vitals, even they have issues with heart failures or, or with a really bad diabetic where they have to check their glucose. And I know some patients even refuse to do it altogether because they don't like to prick their finger. But now we have devices that are just a sensory check, right? We don't really have to rely on those to have continuous monitoring. So definitely technology has helped us in a lot of ways to be able to engage with our patient and make their care better by providing more satisfaction, more access. So what you're doing from just combining everything together is very crucial. So what's next? Knowing there's some of the challenges in place, I know all of us love to be the best in what we do. So is there any specific area that you're focusing on to up-level? I think the biggest challenge in in my practice is uh, getting new patients because, uh, you know, there are some patients, they get better with one or two visits. You know, they obviously don't have to come back. And there's obviously attrition sometimes, you know, they find other providers. So I'm essentially looking for, you know, constantly looking for new patients to keep the pipeline going. You know, we want to serve as many people as uh, as we can, you know, especially with the COVID in 2020, and a lot of people are suffering from long COVID, there are tailored therapies that we offer them. That's where I find it is challenging. You know, I, uh, I used to do videos probably two years ago, and then I backed off. Sometimes I have a lot of internal resistance to express myself in a video format. And that's something I'm working on. Part of it is also age, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm not in my 20s. So it's very hard for me to do a TikTok video, you know, so you probably experienced that. So. Yeah, I think all of those can be a learned skill. I started uh, speaking professionally about three years ago. Definitely, I used to be going to my friends who are on TVs and who are reporters all the time to get advices. How do I be confident on camera? How? What do I say? How do I say in the most concise way without all the tongue clicks? Progressively, we all get to that point of not just at all the... Um, so yeah, and those thinking part of us become more internal and we can stop ourselves. Oh yeah, that's what we do, right? So I believe you can definitely be fine with that too. I just have a small learning curve. Even myself, I'm looking at things what I did three years ago. It's definitely a dramatic change. Yeah, you sound very different. You know, I, I listened to your previous videos. You sound different than than those now compared to now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I believe even Russell Branson, when he talked about he started his podcast 
from years ago. And initially, people would just worry about who's listening to us, what kind of content we're producing for our patients or for our colleagues, would they even care to the point of actually, I know if I don't share, probably that's what they're missing out is then we can consistently providing people what they need and connecting with people like yourself who has been working as an expert in this field so we can continue to grow together. And I think at the end of the day, healthcare, we, has been, we have been working in silo a lot of time. Now it's about how do we come together and truly collaborate and accelerate with each other. And so I so appreciate you for sharing all your growth and background. So what is the next step for you? And it seems like you are working with the integrated medicine. You're saying you're moving to consider medicine. So does that mean right now you're taking only cash pay or insurance and moving into complete primary care, concierge care? So we're, you know, we have been cash pay since we started five years ago, but we offer different models to patients. So it's mostly fee for service. They pay per visit. Uh, but because of the value that we provide, you know, like uh, the emails, you know, we constantly keep in touch with all the patients. We wanted to offer a concierge model to most of our patients. And that's something we're working on because that's more, from a revenue point of view, it's more predictable. And um, it frees up a lot of time in terms of chasing the patients to get them for an appointment, you know, like they want the convenience of uh, telehealth and all of that. I think that's where we're moving to. I'm still not sure. I'm exploring other models as well, but we continue to be cash-based, fever service. You know, it, it has worked out so far very well. Perfect. I think at the end of the day, that's, you know, what works best for your business model and continue just building on top of that. And you have a specific population and patient who are willing to pay for that service, whether it's for convenience or whether it's they just truly enjoy the report and the type of care you provide it. And they can continue to refer other people to come to the service that you provide. Concierge medicine is a different way of getting healthcare. Patients pay a monthly or yearly fee to their providers for more individual and complete medical care. This is very much preferred by many patients because they can see their physicians whenever they need to. No longer waiting days or weeks for an appointment only to be seen about 10 minutes. Concierge model allows clinicians to spend longer time with some patients to create more personalized care. This cash pay model is important because it allows patients to have a better relationship with the clinicians. The patients can also see their physicians more often and build a strong relationship. This can help clinicians understand each patient better. More time allowed to dive deeper into the root causes and decide on the best treatment plan. Concierge medicine is also good for clinicians. When they are no longer dealing with insurance companies, they are able to remove the headache of billing denials, needing less staffing for revenue cycle management, and be able to focus more time on patient care delivery. Overall, they can have more control of their career and be happier at work. 
So I, I love the idea of what you're doing. And then so appreciate that you're really bridging um, the care that we have from both the Eastern medicine and Western medicine and seeing them as not individual. They're not in competition. They really are in collaboration and complementary to each other. So I so appreciate you for demonstrating that this is type of work that can really be appreciated by other patients. So other practitioners can be inspired to have these type of integrated uh, practice as well. So how do you keep yourself in the sense of work-life balance when you are still running in the hospital and creating uh, your own business? That's a that's a tough question, right? So because you spend so much time on the on the business, you, you spend so much time corporate life. It's very hard, you know. Like um, I spend a few hours every day with uh, with the kids and family, and uh, you know I look at quality of time spent rather than quantity. That's how I look at it. And for self care for myself, you know I do a lot of meditation, like uh, working out and uh, deep breathing, uh, mindfulness. You know, obviously I want to mirror and be a role model for my clients. So that's how I take care of myself. Yeah, that's a great point is as a leader, as a provider, we have to embody what we teach, what we uh, approach. And for you to really understand and already practicing, I need to be in the best condition. I need my own self-care so I can be the best energy, best spot to serve my patients. And um, what you also said is very crucial. Uh, There's so many things that we want to do in our life. And it's really truly about the quality of what we spend our time, energy and sanity to, not so much about the length of things. And because we can spend a whole hour, right? Sometimes we get hundreds of emails and then you're so overwhelmed and trying to sort them out, but it's actually not that effective where we got so trapped in uh, doing uh, notes at all hour of the day and care. Uh, work home, but how are we most effectively providing care and providing impact? That's the goal. So I appreciate everything that you have shared with us. I'm sure people are going to be inspired to learn more from you. And uh, so for those people who wanted to reach out to you, whether it's a colleague or people potentially could be a patient to want to reach out, how do they best find you? Yeah, thank you. They can reach out at the office phone. It is uh, area code 813-337-7535. They can also text me at this number and they can reach me via email, which is uh, Dr. K, uh, spelled D-R-K, healthcare at gmail.com. Awesome. Everyone, we appreciate you from being here. And please reach out to Dr. K for all his wisdoms and his new way of integrating medicine for those uh, diseases, chronic diseases that we have been having difficulty healing. And until next week, bye-bye. In today's episode, we discuss the top five things you should know to boost your healthcare private practice with a cash pay model. If you stay tuned to this episode, most likely you're looking to shift something around the way that you do business in order to create a a different life for yourself. To recap, number one, communication is very important in healthcare. This means talking and listening to each other. It helps clinicians and nurses to understand what the patient's needs and how they feel. Good communication helps to keep patients safe and happy. 
If healthcare providers don't communicate well, it can cause problems. For example, a wrong diagnosis, a delay in treatment, or even harm to the patient. Good communication also helps physicians, nurses, and other healthcare providers to work together as a team. This way, they can make the best decisions for the patient with a patient-centered model. Number two, integrated medicine is a way to take care of not only your patient's health but also your health, which it looks the patient's whole body, all the things that can affect. How they feel. It's like putting together a puzzle piece that make up their health. Instead of just treating a symptom or a known diagnosis, integrated medicine tries to help the person stay healthy, focusing on preventative medicine and slowing down the existing disease prognosis. It also helps the patient by. Looking after their emotional needs, their surroundings, and their lifestyle not have been impacting how well their health can be. This can also be used with other methods in healthcare, such as acupuncture, chiropractic, massage therapy, functional medicine, to make the person feel the best. Integrative medicine is all about helping the patient take charge of their health. And it also tries to give the patient the tools and knowledge to stay healthy day by day. Number three, energy healing and yoga meditation are two practices that can help patients feel better as well. Energy healing means using different techniques to balance the body's energy and promote healing. This can include things like Reiki or acupuncture. Energy healing can help to reduce stress. And make people feel more relaxed. Yoga and meditation helps patients to feel more relaxed by using different exercise and breathing technique, and focusing on the present moment. This can help patients to become calmer and redirect their thinking and their mindset into something more positive. Both energy healing and yoga meditation can help people. To feel different in different ways, especially some people prefer one method over the other. With regular practice, people can feel more at peace, have more energy, flexibility, and enjoy more of the present moments. Number four, as clinicians, it's important to be a good example for your patients. This means showing them how to be healthy by doing healthy habits and keeping your own health in optimum state. It helps your patient to build even higher trust in your ability to help them and feeling more comfortable around you. When patients trust you, they're more likely to follow your advices and also get better results. Being a good example can also help other clinicians learn from you and be a better role model. Additional benefit of being a good role model is the sense of self-assurance and validation. Also, triggers your joy back into the career that you have built and spent years to work hard to establish. Number five, reaching out to patients. 
through emails, text message, phone calls, and social media are all different ways that you can make connections with them. It helps when physicians and healthcare teams share important information with them patients quickly and easily, like reminding them about appointments or telling them about the testing results promptly will help them to further connect with you and trust your medical advices. It also helps physicians and nurses keep in touch with their patients. So when you need them to come back and follow up with you, they do not ignore the advices or simply forgot to do so when their life gets busy. This will also help them to keep your advice top in mind because you're holding them accountable by having regular communications. Some practices definitely might not have the additional staff resource to do all these additional communications. However, we can automate many of these tasks by technology systems and virtual care teams. Not only your patients will have better results, and when they come back to see you, they will be happier and more satisfied because they're staying healthy. I hope you like today's episode. If you're listening to me right now, odds are you're frustrated by how healthcare businesses are running today. I'm with you. I'm looking to change the conversation that we are having in the healthcare industry. It starts with me and it starts with you. I want to connect with you and get to know your struggles and success within the healthcare industry. Visit sabrinaroundback.com forward slash connect where you can send me a direct message. She really gets the conversation. She understands. She's an incredible listener. We were talking about worthiness and she really understands the concept of it, how it affects people in their businesses, in their clinics, in, in their daily life, in their relationships. So I just want to encourage you to one, listen to our show, but to jump on board and start listening to this woman because she has so much insight and wisdom that you don't want to miss out. So come to sabrinarunback.com forward slash connect and let's continue the conversation.